Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. My name's Emma. My name's Josh. And this week Josh is going to be hosting the episode. So take it away. Thank you. <laughs> so this week I thought we would do something a little bit different from our usual format of the show. It came to my attention recently that the internet has been, or it's began to cynically mock in only the way that the internet can, a certain watery site of potential paranormal activity. Somewhere that for years has put the fear of God into the heart of weary travellers. A place that any diligent parent would warn their children never to visit. Spanning 500,000 square miles, boasting a whole host of unexplained disappearances and unsolved mysteries, we are of course going to be talking about the Bermuda Triangle. It is a place that almost everyone has heard of, regardless of your inclination towards the paranormal. Everybody has a rumour, a tale or a theory about what goes on in this allegedly black hole on Earth. Although, in recent times, there has been those who have begun to doubt the power of the fabled Bermuda Triangle, posting humorous memes on various social media sites in a fashion that dismisses all those unexplained disappearances that have gone before us. Well, today, Across the Cemetery is going to perform a public service that is seemingly long overdue. Today, we're going to attempt to uncover the truth about the Bermuda Triangle. God, how long is this episode going to be? It's not an episode, this is a series. We're, we're, it's like a hundred part series, hour long each. You ready? Yeah. We're going to record this all in one go. Okay. Okay. We won't go to your brother's meal tonight then. You'll understand. <laughs> Some things are more Happy important. Birthday. So what is the Bermuda Triangle? Well, for those who have been living under a stone or hiding from all forms of human communication for the past hundred years, the Bermuda Triangle, like mentioned earlier, is a massive expanse of water. The tips of the triangle refer to Miami, Puerto Rico and of course Bermuda. It has at times been referred to as the Devil's Triangle which should give some indication of its unsavoury reputation. Aside from the more recent cases of ships and planes going missing, one of the first recordings of strange activity in the area dates back to Christopher Columbus himself. The story goes that while sailing into the area, Columbus perused into the darkening skies to see a speeding ball of flame flash across the horizon at incredible speeds. After being shaken by such a sight, Captain Columbus began to check his navigation equipment to reassure him that all was in order and he was in control. Although, when he checked his compass, the readings were off and he could not find an accurate direction using the device. That being said, these experiences do have some logical explanations to them. Firstly, the ball of light. Most probably this was a meteor, although of course it could have been an illustration of the devil's wrath, but I have my sensible hat on. Secondly, the compass reading. It is thought that during the time of Columbus's visit, there was a small section of the Bermuda Triangle where true north and magnetic north lined up exactly the result of this would have been the compass failing to give an accurate reading. And if one was to listen to the United States government on the matter, they would contend that there is no supernatural explanations for any of the strange events and disappearances that happen in the area. They even go as far to say ideas of such a nature are, and I quote directly, whimsical. Wow. Just bold statements, America. Wow. What they do concede, however is that there are disappearances in the area, 
And I think that for us to fully appreciate why the Bermuda Triangle gained such a reputation, we should have a look at some of the most prolific cases. So the first story that we're going to cover today is of the Marie Celeste. One of the most famous cases to stand the test of time is that of the Marie Celeste. You may have heard the phrase used in day-to-day life in such ways as, it's like the Marie Celeste around here. Well, maybe the people saying that don't know the true meaning behind the saying, but let me enlighten you. Leaving New York City in early November 1872, the Marie Celeste was bound for Genoa, Italy. A trip that would likely run the course of a number of weeks. On board the mighty wooden vessel was Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs and his wife and two-year-old daughter, along with seven other crew members, and also 1,701 barrels of industrial-grade alcohol, along with a six-month supply of food and water to nourish the souls on board should they run into any troubles. It was also recorded that the ship and its contents were insured for the sum of $46,000, which in today's money would equate to around $1.15 million. So obviously, all precautions have been taken to ensure that the Marie Celeste, a 282-ton Bridgetine, I think that's how you say it, ship and its crew could make its journey or at least be covered should something go wrong. But of course, in those days, there were no radio communications or satellite navigation to help track locations or communicate with others. No, once a ship had set sail on a voyage, they were very alone sailing through vast expanses of nothingness for as long as the journey would take. So, with a trip being made from one continent to another, it was not unusual for the Marie Celeste not to have been seen again until the 5th of December 1872. Spotting the ship was the crew of the De Gracia, a ship that had left on their own voyage some eight days after the Marie Celeste had left New York. What the captain of the De Gracia had noticed was that the Marie Celeste appeared to be moving at the will of the tide, with no real direction or purpose. Concerned for the well-being of those on board, and following a moral obligation to his fellow sailors, Captain Morehouse ordered a crew from the De Gratia to pull alongside the swaying vessel to investigate and ensure that all was in order. What the snooping crew found was that the Marie Celeste was largely in order. The cargo was mostly untouched, The crew's belongings were in their quarters. The only signs of an issue came from the ship's charts being tossed around and laying on the floor, a small amount of water resting in the ship's hold, the only lifeboat on the ship missing. Oh, and there was not a soul on the Marie Celeste. The captain nor the crew of the alcohol-bearing ship were present. At a loss, the makeshift search team resorted to the ship's logs, The entries painted a verbal picture of harsh sea conditions, terrible weather and tough sailing, although it was the date and time of the last entry that caught the attention of the searchers more than anything. 5am on the 25th of November, some 10 days before the crew of the De Gratia had spotted it. Not sure what to do, Captain Morehouse sailed the empty ship along with his own to Gibraltar. Here. A court was to decide if the finders of the Marie Celeste could make a salvage claim, essentially claiming from the insurance company for the ship and goods they had found at sea. The judge of the court was suspicious. 
A ship just happened to be laying in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, completely unattended by its crew, with all of their possessions and the majority of its haulage in place. But after a thorough investigation, the judge himself ruled out any foul play, allowing the De Gratia to make their salvage claim. Numerous theories had circulated about what happened to those on board the Marie Celeste, ranging from sea monsters through to pirates. But the condition that the ship was left in, and the fact that the cargo was largely present, would indicate that most rational explanations don't fit the bill. What is known for sure, however, is that during the voyage, the Marie Celeste's logs show notes of intrepid weather and harsh sailing conditions. Even when the ship was found, it was hundreds of miles from where it should have been, and although not on the original course of the voyage, is it completely outrageous to think that the Marie Celeste had accidentally ventured into the helms of the Bermuda Triangle while trying to battle harsh weather? This is potentially something that we will never know. Mm, I don't think it was pirates, because if it was pirates, they'd take most stuff. Like, there was stuff left, wasn't there? Yeah, so from the cargo, there was the 1,701 barrels of industrial-grade alcohol. So the pirates would have took that 100%. But I don't know what industrial-grade alcohol is and what it's used for. I don't know if it's, it's drinkable. Like, yeah. I th- is it used in medicine? Is it used for cleaning products? I'm not too sure. But in them days, they probably wouldn't have known as much. So they probably would have drank it, wouldn't they? Uh, potentially. But... There was only about seven barrels of it missing. Uh, so they've probably taken... If it is pirates, they've taken what they can carry. Maybe. Maybe. Or they would have just taken the ship. Yeah, true, actually. So I don't think it was pirates. The, the, the whole thing is a bit strange because if it was pirates, yes, they would have looked at the cargo, but they also would have looked at the possessions of the sailors because yeah, yeah. there would have been some valuables there. Maybe not anything of great value, but there would have been some valuables. So why didn't they look at them? I don't, well, I don't think it was pirates then, but I don't think it's this Bermuda Triangle. I don't think that's real. Whoa. I think... There's a hundred hours of this, Emma. You can't just come out with stuff like that. <laughs> I think that they've probably just got off. <laughs> Why would they just get off in the middle of the sea? <laughs> they've either got off or they've been eaten or fell in. So the last log was November the 25th. It left in early November. So they've been sailing for, say, 20 days or so. Yeah. Why would they have just got off? One of them might have turned crazy with this industrial alcohol and then killed them and then he left. Potentially. That's a viable theory. <laughs> Some of the alcohol was missing. Exactly. All the possessions were in place. There was no one there. And if it's industrial... But if he kills someone, wouldn't there be signs of a struggle? He might have cleaned it up and then left. But then why didn't he just sail the ship? Why didn't he take any of the provisions? Maybe he had a getaway boat and someone came to get him. And then when he got to like this place in the, tri- in the coordinates, they were there waiting. And then he got on the boat. And he used some of that industrial-grade alcohol to clean it up. That's why seven barrels are missing. Okay. It's an interesting theory. <laughs> Could potentially be real, yeah? It's more real than the Bermuda Triangle. Well, you haven't heard all my stories yet. <laughs> so would you like to hear about Flight 19? Yeah. 
operating out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It was a routine task for fighter pilots to act out their training routines over the sea. A place where high speeds could be reached, bombs could be dropped and guns shot, all without causing any disturbance to the general public. And in December 1945, that is exactly what was happening to Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor and his crew. Taylor had thousands of hours of flying experience, along with numerous tours of duty during the Second World War, and thanks to his knowledge and experience, he was being tasked as being flight leader for the mission. All appeared to be well on the exercise until around an hour and 30 minutes had passed. A message was radioed through to command from Taylor. Cannot see land, we appear to be off course, uttered the confused flight leader. The flight tower responded in its usual structured way to try and calm the pilot and figure out where the planes were currently flying. No sense was received in response to their inquiries and then all communications were cut off. Radio silence that lasted for around 10 minutes before being abruptly ended by the now panicked voice of Flight Leader Taylor. We can't see land. We can't find west. Everything looks strange, even the ocean. This concerning message was followed by another period of static silence. The radio tower attempted to contact those taking part in Flight 19 numerous times, but to no avail. Then, following another 20 minutes, now some 2 hours 15 minutes since the exercise had begun, another message crackled through the speakers, this time from another member of the squad. We can't tell where we are. Everything is... Can't make anything out. We think we may be about 225 miles northeast of base. A few moments passed with silence from both the radio tower and Flight 19, when the same pilot came back to utter a hollowing statement. It looks like we're entering white water. We are completely lost. This was the last straw for the control tower, who scrambled a rescue flight to head out to the estimated location of Flight 19 and bring the planes home. That rescue flight was unsuccessful, but it did not deter the military from trying to find where those planes were. Over the following five days, between the Coast Guard, Navy and Naval Aviation Division, 250,000 square miles of Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Florida were searched. Day and night, the rescue team were on the lookout for any signs of life, signs that could give them even a glimmer of hope as to the fate of those pilots. There was nothing. No sign of life. No sign of wreckage. Flight 19 resulted in the loss of 14 men one of the most devastating losses of life to result from a military training exercise. Relating to the matter in hand, however, this is one case that is recorded by the US government as inconclusive. A case that involves the disappearance of government property and more importantly, human life. A case where the unexplainable disappearance occurred in the Bermuda Triangle. So... That could have happened to anyone, really. Like, a plane over any land. A plane could go missing anywhere in the water. Okay. There was... I don't think there was any, like, suspicious nature about that. So, trained military pilots, Mm. they'd had lots of experience, led by a particularly experienced gentleman. Charles. Charles Taylor. All the training they've had 
do you not think they would have been able to tell the t- the radio tower where they were or work out where they were? Yeah, true, actually. So how does... They flew for about an hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they just got lost in a place where they've trained before. They've flew the planes before. You know, how do you explain them just becoming lost, a whole group of pilots... But if they were be- if they became lost, how like what what would the Bermuda Triangle want with them? Is the Bermuda Triangle like a person or a portal? I don't know. I just think that something happened and they got lost, and they probably weren't as trained as they made out that they were. I don't think you can blag being trained in the military. I think they do have records of such <laughs> things. Well, maybe they needed more training. Potentially, that's probably why they were on a fucking training exercise, I'd imagine. Well, if it's somewhere that they were here, wouldn't the people know, like they've been before, wouldn't the people know where they like, to come find them? Exactly. They looked for them in the places they should have been. Mm. And they couldn't find the thing. If they'd wrecked in the sea, there would have been some sign, there, there would have been, been a bit of floating yeah. metal, something. They may not have been any alive pilots, it may not have saved them. But there would have been some planes... Like, evidence of plane. There would have been something there, but there wasn't. See, that one is leading me towards maybe it is real, but then it leads me to question what would it want with all these, like, pilots? Is it like a a Loch Ness monster? monster? Is it, does it eat eat them? Maybe we should discuss this at the end when I've mentioned (laughs) some of my theories. Yeah, go on. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I I do apologise. Am I I, I rushing you here or something? (laughs) Just Come on, then. Okay. (laughs) So, I think this is the last encounter, hopefully for your sake, because obviously you fucking... I don't know, I'm just... I just... I don't get it. It's a mysterious place. I know. Maybe you're not meant to get it. I know, but I like getting it. (laughs) But we do a paranormal podcast where we don't understand ghosts. (laughs) I know. That's such a contradiction. (laughs) I know, but when I was little, I used to be terrified of the Bermuda Triangle. And I don't know uh, why. Right. Oh, ow, we've got to the bottom of it. <laughs> so it's not anything to do with the fact that you think it's fake. It's because you're actually deeply scared of it. <laughs> I'm trying to just, prove it's you, not real. You're trying to tell yourself it's not real. I see. Okay. No, but I genuinely did think, oh my God, if we go on this plane or we go on this boat, because we used to go on a boat a lot to France, I used to think, oh my God, are we going to go in the Bermuda Triangle? And next week on Across the Cemeteries psychotherapy sessions Emma <laughs> is going to tell us about her deep fear of spiders <laughs> oh, yeah, she doesn't like spiders nope. but yeah I am scared of the Bermuda Triangle okay well maybe at the end you'll be put at ease if we do find a reason for it but I have <laughs> one more encounter or one more case I'd like to discover or go over okay so launching in May 1910 with a length of around 165 metres Maximum load capacity of 11,000 tonnes and the capability to house over 300 crewmen. The USS Cyclops was one of the US Navy's most prized assets. Mainly transporting goods and raw materials, the Cyclops was soon put into wartime action when the USA entered World War I in 1917, ferrying essential supplies and refugees. Following the war, the USS Cyclops resumed its duties, this time on a mission with manganese ore used in steelmaking from Brazil and to make a journey back home to Baltimore, 
with a stop-off in Barbados to resupply. The pickup... Sorry? It wasn't just a stop-off to resupply. They wanted to go to Barbados. Party! <laughs> the pickup went as... Right, tangent. I, they probably did have to resupply as well. Yeah, but then they uh, obviously sightseed. Sight saw. Sight see saw it. Looked at the sights. <laughs> <laughs> the pickup went as planned, and the nine-day voyage back to the US waters began. As scheduled, the pit stop in Barbados went ahead. All reports from the ship at this point were as expected, painting a nautical picture of steady sailing and fair weather. Upon leaving Barbados, the voyage had merely a few days remaining before reaching its pinnacle destination of Baltimore. Although, it was following the ship leaving Barbados that the last human eyes were ever set upon the metal giant of the sea, as between there and its final destination, the USS Cyclops vanished. As you may be suspecting, it would take some magic to make a ship of that magnitude disappear, yet that is exactly what happened. The ship was never seen again. Reporters have stated that usually following a nautical accident or disaster, there are some telltale signs of a vessel's remains, be that part of the wreckage, the ship's lifeboat system, or even just objects that would be found on a ship then on the surface of the water. However, with the case of the Cyclops, nothing was found. There was simply no trace. All of the crew, all of the cargo, and the entire ship had disappeared. Of course, nautical technology of the time was a lot more limited than what it is today, so there were no radars to pinpoint the last location. But eerily, the final message that was received from the USS Cyclops was Weather fair, all well. Dun dun dun! It cannot be determined when this message was sent in relation to the ship meeting its demise, but what can be confirmed is that this military ship was due to dock at some point in March 1918. All 11,000 tons of it vanished without a trace around the Bermuda Triangle. In the years that followed, Multiple dives have been conducted in a bid to find some trace of the wreckage, to provide some sort of answer to the ancestors of those on board, but the dives failed to find any trace of the USS Cyclops in the water of the Bermuda Triangle. So the question still remains, one that will haunt human history for some time to come. What did actually happen to the USS Cyclops in 1918? Why can't people just leave stuff alone? Like, that Titanic submarine, they went and seen it. Why can't they just leave it? You don't mess with water. People can't leave things alone because we need to feel like we're in control. But we're obviously Second not. lesson of Across the Cemetery psychotherapy. They've got control issues then. No, the human race has control issues. We need to feel like we're in control and we understand everything. That's why we've got such an obsession with the paranormal. Yeah. Because we don't understand it, so we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, we hate the unknown, don't we? Yeah. That's why it's scary to us, and that's why the Bermuda Triangle is potentially scary to us, because we don't understand it. See, I thought it was more a more bigger area. I thought it was like, it was just in water, like it just appeared like portals. No, it's off the coast of Florida, Barbados, Puerto Rico. Oh, well, so we'll never go there. It's fine. We'll fly over it. No, because look what happened to the people who flew over it. Well, maybe the Bermuda Triangle doesn't like military exercises. But that's true, because the other ones were military, weren't they? 
The last one. The last one was military. The first one was not. But the middle one was. Yeah, true. I just don't get it. Like, do they want something? I think maybe it's a, is it the the government? They they don't want it. That's an interesting theory. I've never heard that one before. That you think it might actually be the government themselves. They're Which pro- government? The Americans. Or the Puerto Rican government? Mm. Don't they like? They don't like Americans, do they? Or am I getting mixed up? In no Cuba. I'm thinking of Cuba. Yeah, don't. Cuba doesn't like America. Yeah, mm. but yeah, it might be the American government, and they've got too many pensions to pay out or something. <laughs> yeah, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time. They might still have to pay the pensions to the family or something. I, I'm not too sure how that works. I see where you're coming from, but <laughs> it might not be the definitive answer. <laughs> but we do have some explanations to go over. Okay. So obviously with so many souls going missing in that area, there have been thousands, if not millions of people who have hypothesized as to what has happened to them. So I thought that we would begin with the interesting ideas. So number one, the Bermuda Triangle is a link to the lost continent of Atlantis. <gasps> While this isn't the most popular of theories, I do think it is one of the most interesting. Although I don't think it will be the true explanation, apparently back in 1968, a pathway or road was due to emerge from the sea that would provide access to Atlantis, but nothing did rear itself from the water, sadly. How did they know it was going to appear? It must have been in part of mythology or... Oh, uh, like him, when like the person who said, like, in 2020, you're going to die. Yeah, maybe part of that sort oh, of Notre thing. Oh, Nostradamus, wasn't it? He predicted stuff, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Could have been him. He scares me as well. Could have been. Um, I, thi- I think that Atlantis thing's quite nice, but then why don't they come back? They're living a better life in Atlantis, no? But they've got family. Maybe they have family in Atlantis. Or maybe it links into my second theory, which I'm about to tell you. Okay, go on. The Bermuda Triangle is a portal or time warp hotspot. Oh. So again, this is an interesting take on the matter, but one that can't really be proven until somebody who has fell victim to the portal manages to return and explains away the event. Which, of course, is yet to happen. If this theory is to be followed, however, how likely is it that the area may be a portal to an alternate universe? So maybe that's why they haven't came back. Because it's just they're in a better newfound world. But how could you leave your family if you've got, even if it is a better world, consciously, how can you leave your family? Maybe they're not because they're in an alternate universe and maybe their family are there too. But do you want to be the real family? But what if they are? How can you say they're not? Have you been to an alternate universe? Yeah, but if I was in another universe and you weren't there, I would know. The Josh 2.0 wasn't you. How? Because you, you, you do like this sniffing thing and only you do it. And I can't explain you it. You should have seen the disdain in her eyes. And no. I fucking hate you, you horrible bastard. No, I just... And I feel like he wouldn't do that. So you think it'd be telltale signs of yeah. like some imposter? Or like the way you say a certain word or the way you like a certain thing. I, I don't think that a person in a different... Era, not era. What was it? Universe. 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 Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they would be the exact same. It wouldn't be like a copy. I think there would be differences. Okay. So I just don't get why you would leave your family. It's understood. I I, I do get that. I mean, I get why you'd leave some of your family because I would leave some of my family. Which ones? Tell me now. 
You know who. <laughs> I actually don't, to be fair. Okay, so moving on to theory number three. Obviously, we have to mention the A word. Aliens, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> the more I think about it, though, the less I believe that it might be aliens making people and things disappear. Because why do aliens always pick on the Americas? Like, the west coast of America is known for Area 51 and different alien hotspots. And while the Bermuda Triangle is on the east coast, I still feel like if that was the case, the aliens are just being lazy. Earth isn't a massive place if you can fly from another planet. You can abduct people from Europe and Asia as well. Just saying. But if you think about it, Americans, not all Americans, but loud, obnoxious Americans think that America is the only place in the world. So aliens might only think that. So you think aliens have only got access to American TV, basically? Yeah, well, yeah. I think aliens should have access to social media, and then I don't think they'd ever come here. I don't think aliens are bad. I think they just they just live somewhere else. Again, misunderstood. We don't understand them. We don't understand it because we're not. We don't know the facts. We don't know everything. Yeah. The human build needs us to be in control and know everything, yeah. and therefore we are scared of aliens. But even if the aliens do take them, if we saw an alien, we'd take the alien. Look what happened on ET. Yeah, exactly. Because of our intrigue and sometimes overbearing intrigue. I don't think aliens are the bad guys here. I don't think they'd take that many people. I think they'd, they'd take like one or two if they wanted to. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's aliens either. So my last interesting theory. And then have you got silly ones? or We'll see. <laughs> Is Sea Monster. That's what I think. So a bit of a Loch Ness situation with the last paranormal theory. Yes. Although I think everyone is in agreement that sea monsters do exist. They may not be the ridiculous imaginings of the silver screen, but they are definitely creatures in the deep blue that we are yet to discover and the size of which would classify them in our minds as monsters. Whether there is one particular species of arsehole monster in the Bermuda Triangle that <laughs> likes to make things disappear and then laps at humans for attempting to figure it out, I guess we won't know until our technology allows us to dive further than ever before. The Fifi monster. <laughs> oh, imagine. Imagine if she was like six foot tall. And she had two heads or three heads. Oh my Imagine God. a lion with Fifi's attitude. I think there wouldn't be people. The what? Imagine like Bigfoot with Fifi's attitude. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. So out of those that I've just mentioned, those four theories, which one would you say? I think it's a sea monster, if anything. Okay. But I don't know why it's just in the Bermuda Triangle. But then again, it's got... Climate? Yeah. There are, there definitely are species of fish, reptile, whatever they might be, below the sea that we yeah, don't know yeah. about. There definitely are, because we don't know yeah. the full landscape of the ocean because we can't get to the bottom of it. We shouldn't get to the bottom of it. We shouldn't Some leave things them. don't need to be figured out. No. But I think it's sea monsters. It could even be like sirens or anything and they, they're, calling, they're calling the ship, the sailors, and then they eat them. The kraken. Or, yeah, or mermaids. Or could be evil mermaids. Could be. That would make a lot of sense for the first story. Yeah. With the Marie Celeste. Yeah. And they got drunk and they didn't like it, so they killed people. Hmm. I think it's sea monsters, if anything. With the Marie Celeste, the girl in work 
she always says like, "Oh, it's like the Marie Celeste round." That's why I mentioned it. In the... I've never heard that saying. I have quite a few times, and that's why I mentioned it at the start of telling that story. What and... does she mean? Like, is it messy or no? Like it's empty. Like oh, there's like no a... one there. Oh, like ghost town. Yeah, like a oh. ghost town. But when people say it, and then I. In my mind, I'm dying to tell them why it's told that. But then at yeah. the same time, I don't want to go into a big story of like, and people just go, why the fuck do you know that? I do that with that, um, I can't think what it's called at the top of my head, but that, oh, it's like, um, it's like you know, that madhouse that my granddad always used to say, it's like such and such in here, the one we do. Oh, yeah. I can't think what it's called. Now it begins with a B, doesn't it? Yeah, I know what you're <laughs> But even like, a few months ago when my sister was asking about what was it talking about ghosts or something yeah. and then I started reeling off stories and yeah. then explaining where that came from this yeah. and that came from and then she 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 did say something and then I was just like oh yeah I'll pro-. most people don't know in my real life that we do this yeah. so it's it's quite awkward sometimes when you do have this knowledge to provide yeah, but then I, you're trying yeah. to explain why you know yeah, this yeah because I just reeled off about Tom Edison being the first person to have a ghost investigating kit or whatever and your mum looked at me like what? how? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but something short and sweet like that you could pass off as just like watching yeah. not like yes we research this stuff for hours on end some people do know but then some people don't know because some people don't like ghosts <laughs> yeah so if it doesn't matter to them, they don't really know. <laughs> anyway, slight tangent. Would you like to go on to my, in quotation marks, real theories? By real, I mean accepted in society theories. Yeah. Now comes the boring real life, possibly could be real theories. Boo. Boo. One of these we did hint to earlier. That being the compasses may fail in the area due to true north and magnetic north aligning which can cause an erratic compass reading, leading to the loss of direction and then inevitably the whole navigation being off. One other train of thought could be the Gulf Stream, which is essentially a river running in the ocean. This would essentially whisk away any slow-moving objects as it can reach speeds of up to 2 metres per second. Another theory could be methane hydrates, essentially likened to underwater volcano eruptions oh so in theory they could consume a ship if the eruption was large enough basically it, it consumed the whole thing take it underwater it wouldn't be seen again so there wouldn't be any traces potentially not no oh. but it is to be it has to be said that no trace of this phenomenon can be found in the bermuda triangle at least not for the last fifteen thousand years which on a quick side note, I would love to know how these very smart people can date the last time a gas was seen underwater to such a long time ago. Yeah, how, how can you? Beyond me. So finally, here comes the kicker. Maybe, just perhaps, now hear me out here, the Bermuda Triangle is not sinister at all. Maybe it doesn't have to have any sort of traits that link it to the paranormal. In fact, it is commonly believed that the area is no more likely than anywhere else in the world to see maritime incidents. Even Lloyd's of London, one of the biggest insurance houses in the world, don't consider the Bermuda Triangle to pose any sort of increased threat. What, what if they... Oh, they're insurance houses. No yeah. <laughs> one article I came across from IFL Science claims that in recent times, the Bermuda Triangle is no longer feared, in inverted commas, because the media is no longer portraying it as the evil link to hell that they once illustrated in their work. This does have some essence of truth about it, 
as if you look through the big notable cases from the area, they do seem to stop in the mid-20th century. Maybe that coincides with the introduction of more advanced nautical technology, but in fairness, that could just be me clinging on to the hope that the Bermuda Triangle may be one of the world's greatest mysteries that remains unsolved. I would like to think it isn't real, but I think there's a sea monster there. Definitely, I think there is. I don't think it's... Whether it's responsible for all the disappearances, I don't know, because how... Yes, maybe a sea monster took away ships, but how could it take away planes from the sky? It might... Have you seen... On The Little Mermaid, when Ursula turns into this big sea monster, she goes really high and she goes, like, towards the sky. You're saying that on Jurassic Park, if you're seeing the, the watery bit where the, the yeah. big massive thing yeah, just jumps yeah. out there and it eats a big shark or something. Exactly. That's quite high, I guess. Had to lift the shark up by the crane. We don't know how um, deep the sea is, so there might be massive things in there. Yeah, well, we know that particular area spans 500,000 square miles so that is just an absolutely unfathomable amount of space i think a sea monster would be able to get that high if if the plane was flying low which military aircraft do do sometimes so yeah potentially so you're very much on the side of sea monsters. i think it's sea monsters but why is there only a few cases there isn't there's tons i've just touched on three Okay. There is loads. I knew, of cases. I knew you weren't going to touch on every case that the Bermuda Triangle done. Yeah, but this I... is, spoiler alert. I do apologise. This isn't going to be a hundred hours worth of Bermuda Triangle. Why isn't there a case like every day? The monster's not hungry every day. Or maybe there is, but the US government don't tell us because they're in on it. They don't want to pay the fucking pensions. Yeah, exactly. But the cases, and this is my counter argument to the Bermuda Triangle being a paranormal hotspot or potentially where a monster lives. The cases do seem to stop in about the mid-20th century. Yeah. They do just seem to cut off an end. And that's why I think a lot of places, or a lot of people, sorry, in the modern age are now believing that it's not a scary place. Yeah. And it, they're taking the piss a little bit with the memes and stuff. Do you reckon it's just a coincidence and it was like a shipwreck or a plane wreck and then all evidence just disappeared and then it's not really a thing and it wouldn't take you. Yep. I do agree to some extent in that, like when we mentioned with La Llorona last week. Yeah. Where there was an incident and maybe it was unrelated, maybe it was just yeah. sort of, but it was used to fuel yeah, the yeah. further stories. And I think the media clung onto this as something that can't be proven. People are going to believe them because... You can't prove it. What else are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's captivating. If you it, the sea is an unknown place. It's it's full of scary stories. Sailors always have stories. Yeah. So if you tell a story of a place, this mysterious place where things go missing, there's unexplained disappearances. We don't know what's causing it. People are going to grasp onto that if they have no other way of proving it. As we moved into the later part of the 20th century, navigation systems came in. Mm-hmm. Radio communication was more frequent. That's a way of dis, dis explaining. Also, if the water oh, explaining. Also, if the water like the water was bad or whatever, like like you said, there's more ways to talk, tell people with this. We're here. Yeah, you and can, we as we can dive further and further, yeah. we can get deeper and deeper. We can see what's what. Yeah, not fully, but we can see a lot of yeah. a lot more of what we could see. People are going to explain it away. Yeah, that place was called Bedlam, by the way. Just popped oh, into Bedlam. my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, I don't think the Bermuda Triangle is as scary as they make out. But I also think that it could just be a sea monster. Not just, because obviously if it was a sea monster, it's bad, but... Yeah. So I think that's a good place to end the episode. Yeah. Because I think we are both in agreement that there definitely is a sea monster there. Whether it's responsible for the disappearances, we will never know. But I also think the media has some play. Yeah, definitely. Has some play in, in its reputation. And then the media can't prove it really, so... Exactly. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. If you'd like to reach us on social media to let us know any of your thoughts or feelings and maybe need some psychotherapy help that I can provide, not a problem, just let me know. If you're scared of the Bermuda Triangle as well. Josh will fix it. You can reach us on Instagram at Across the Cemetery. We're on TikTok and Twitter at AXSymmetry. And you can also email us at acrossthecemetery at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on, that would be very beneficial for the podcast. And also, we would just like to know what you think. I'd be very much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hi, Loki. Daddy's speaking.